Buccaneers fans, welcome to another edition of the Ira Kaufman podcast, starring the sage of Tampa Bay sports, the Baron of Big Storm Beer, Mr. Bill Curry Ford himself, the King of Newport Ritchie, Uncle Ira, the custodian of Canton. All the fun is presented by Bill Curry Ford, BillCurryFord.com. That's where you start shopping. I'm Steve Isbitz of JoeBucksFan.com. Lee DeKemper of Joe Bucks Fan is here. And all the podcasts can be found Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict at JoeBucksFan.com, other platforms. Uh, check them out if you still haven't listened to Todd Bowles, who we interviewed live at the NFL Scouting Combine with Ira. Check that out. And we've got other episodes as well. And today, special episode with offensive coordinator Dave Canales sitting down for the podcast. I'm going to explain how this set up. And it's sort of important and relevant to the actual interview. And so really looking forward to that. Bill Curry Ford, you should be looking forward to all the great March offers there. 0% financing on Mustangs, $2,000 in factory rebates on F-150s, plus low financing for 72 months. Check it all out. It's at Bill Curry Ford, BillCurryFord.com. GM Sean Sullivan, he's got a nationwide lifetime warranty on all new vehicles. He's giving you $500 just to order a new vehicle, and they've got concierge custom service, no deposit, quick turnaround, and there's tremendous inventory on site right now, including certified used vehicles that are Fords and not Fords, massive selection, certified pre-owned vehicles. Got to check it out at BillCurryFord.com. Ask Sean for the Ira Kaufman discount. That goes on top of anything. Ira takes precedence, as everybody knows, the Sage. He's a good friend of uh, Sean, BillCurryFord.com, family-owned, a mile north of Raymond James Stadium for 63 years almost. Get over there. Check him out online, BillCurryFord.com. You can reach Sean directly through the website as well. Florida's Elite Restoration, they are fantastic, absolute true experts in taking care of customers and fighting for every insurance dollar they can get for you when you have a disaster in your home or your business. That could be fire, flood, mold. They are licensed mold remediation specialists, wind damage, storm damage, all kinds of things go wrong, as homeowners and business owners know. Reach out to them first, floridaseliterestoration.com. Mention the Ira Kaufman podcast or Joe Bucks fan. And just for doing that, they'll give you the free assessment at your home, but they'll also give you $500 if you move forward with their services. And maybe that's money toward your deductible or uh, just cash back. Florida's EliteRestoration.com, family-owned, servicing the entire Tampa Bay area. And owner Josh Martin is fantastic. He spent 14 years in the insurance business, so he knows exactly how to get the most out of insurance companies. And it's really valuable, incredibly valuable. Can't express that enough. Florida's EliteRestoration.com. They are also handing over $1,000 in prizes at our NFL draft party at Big Storm Brewery in Ebor City, Florida's Elite Restoration. First it was $500, now we're going up to 1000 and we're figuring out how the last $500 is going to work, but we're going to have our Pick the Pick contest at the draft party, Ebor City, April 27th, the brand new Big Storm Brewery tap room there. It's their biggest one, beautiful, some outdoor seating, lots of indoor seating, second floor in Centro Ebor bigstormbrewery.com Florida's Elite Restorations providing that $500 grand prize for the Pick the Pick contest 
I'm working on the second contest for the other 500. So really exciting stuff. Florida's EliteRestoration.com. Thank you. And Big Storm Brewery. Make it Big Storm Beer all the time when you're drinking beer. Florida's best craft beer is Big Storm Beer. BigStormBrewery.com. Tap rooms in Odessa. Clearwater on 49th Street. That's their flagship location. Amway Center in Orlando. Open seven days. And in Cape Coral as well as Ebor City in Odessa. If I mention one twice, that's fine. All right. The Ira Kaufman podcast today is a sit down with Dave Canales, offensive coordinator. Now, I did that with Lee DeCamper at the NFL Scouting Combine. Now, the interview is about 18 minutes, and it's excellent. We go on a hit on a lot of subjects, but it's, it's kind of subdued. I'm a little more high-energy guy. Dave Canales is certainly a high-energy guy as an offensive coordinator. That's how he's known. But I want everybody to get a visual of the three of us sitting down before 8 a.m. on a combine morning, which is very busy for the coaches as well as um, – Late nights for media, <laughs> if you will. And so we were sitting down. We talked with Coach for 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Very accommodating, very interesting, uh, very exciting to have him in here with a totally fresh perspective. And 20 minutes here, just about, is on the record. So uh, we got a lot of good stuff in here. When Ira comes back for the next podcast, we're going to be going over a lot of the themes in here, getting Ira's reaction to uh, what Canales had to say, in addition to touching on all the latest uh, Bucks things for the day. Iris had some family things going on, and we wanted to give him plenty of time to take care of that. But the Sage feels great, and he will be back. So don't worry about Ira personally. I know uh, at his advanced age, people see Ira's not here. They worry about him, but not to worry. So enough of me. Let's turn it over to our sit-down with Buccaneers offensive coordinator Dave Canales. All right, Coach, so great to uh, to have you here, as we said. i got to get your impressions of, of Todd Bowles after two full weeks on the job. It's not a, a long time, but it's a lot more than the last time we talked to you. What are your impressions of Coach? Steady, consistent, and right now he's given me a lot of space to start to formulate a plan, you know, and just kind of letting us get to know each other, which has been great. So we haven't been, you know, overloaded or bogged down with a ton of you know staff meeting and all that it's been really cool to just have that independent study time to formulate the offense to uh, get the terminology and language together and really for the, for me to just get to know the staff um, as we continue to keep putting it together so I've just felt really supported by uh, nice Coach and uh, he said something the other day uh, he said it's an offensive line friendly scheme what does that mean to you we run the ball a lot they love it <laughs> So pass protection gets pretty hard, you know, especially with the athletes that they face on a weekly basis. We're going to have to throw the ball at some point. But when you run the ball effectively, your play actions are friendly. So the defensive lines have to play the run first. Then they have a secondary rush to the quarterback. And it's usually about 3.2 to 3.5 seconds later that they're actually getting any type of effective rush off of the actions if you run the ball effectively. And then just minimizing the amount of drop back pass, pocket passing, whether it's quick game or empty or even like longer drops, just minimizing the amount of time under tension for your tackles, for your guards. It just makes it for a friendlier system to play in. Of course, we're here at the NFL Scouting Combine, so before we hit you with a few quarterback questions, 
combine interviewing. Now you're in a different role, offensive coordinator. D- does that let you ask some more questions, different questions, uh, you know, being sort of in that leadership role there? And do you have a unique style that dying to unleash here at the combine or uh, is maybe different than other people you've been around with the staff? Yeah, it's been so fun. The, the combine, the draft, all that has been one of the things I've been most interested in going way back since I was since I was younger just really fascinated you know with the process and um so you had the draft magazines and all that oh absolutely yeah and this goes back to like 92 or 93 like about sixth grade you know and that's when and really my mom's the enabler so she would buy me the magazines my dad (laughs) my dad everywhere he traveled to speak he would bring back you know I have like old Tampa Bay Buccaneers stickers you know uh Miami Dolphins stuff Chicago Bears just different so anyway but this process, being an offensive coordinator, being able to, you know, be in the offensive line meetings, John Schneider, Coach Carroll, they really prepped us all to be involved and see it all on our side of the ball. And even they challenged us to see it on both sides if, if we could, if we had the time and could challenge ourselves to look at defensive backs, look at linebackers, you know, who we evaluate during the season. So that part was really cool. What I was looking for more than like what they knew about their plays it's good for them to have a handle of it but looking for the fit of the guy and really trying to hone in on self-awareness is he aware of his strengths and weaknesses and can he verbalize a plan going forward to fix some of the deficiencies if the guy's not aware of his deficiencies then i I don't i don't think that's a fit for us thank you for you know giving steve and i and and bucks fans and and iris listeners this this time this morning out of your valuable time and I'm sure they do, too. In Seattle, up until this recent year, the Seahawks have been known for having a powerful offensive line. There were some critics out there like, but you still you guys won. Still, you guys were effective. Now you've got Ryan Jensen to play with. Now you've got Tristan Warps to play with. Yeah. How, and I just saw your eyes light up when I said Tristan Warps. I wish, I wish our listeners could have seen you. You're like, wow. Yeah. You know? It'd be like Kate Upton walking in here or something. Yeah. <laughs> What's it like to have those guys to develop or, or formulate a not necessarily a game plan but an offensive scheme with guys of that caliber yeah as an offensive coordinator it starts with the offensive line so that's really exciting for me you know i think the one thing that will be really apparent in what we do you know systematically with our run game and play actions is is um having a dominant guy on an edge mm-hmm. gives you a starting point you know so you really feel confident about running a certain direction and Sometimes offenses can get a little bit, you know, one-sided, and, mm-hmm. and but that's okay because if you have tendencies, tendencies. This is what Coach Carroll taught me: is tendencies are okay, as long as you know you have them, because then you can utilize them, you know. But going back to the uh, the strength of the offensive line, yeah, it's like skill position important, right? You got to have touchdown makers, you got to have a uh, trigger man, the point guard, and and Kyle has every bit of talent to be able to do that. But it all starts up front, so it gives me a, a sense of confidence that we can. We can run any play we want to, you know, with those type of guys. You talk about one side of the offense. You ever hear John Madden talk about one side of the offense? No. Well, he said when he coached, he had three Hall of Fame offensive linemen at one point. A center, right guard, right tackle. Yeah. And he said people always criticized him for running right. He's like, well, I had three Hall of Fame players. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you, all, you, you have a starting point. And if people say, hey, they're going this way, majority of the time, that plays into your advantage. As long as you're aware of your tendencies, they're not bad. Mm-hmm. Are you right now, I don't know, uh, painted into a corner is the right, right cliche, but 
the roster as we speak right now, early March, yeah. a little bit in flux. We all know the buck salary cap situation. Yeah. We all know at some point some salaries are going to have to be shed. Yeah. You may be drafting some guys. Who knows? Is it hard to plan when you really don't know what offensive line is going to be where? And how difficult yeah. is that for you? Really not knowing, you know, what your roster is going to be for maybe another month or two months. Yeah. Honestly, I haven't been focused on that yet. For me, it's been more terminology. I think it's very important that we figure out with each step of implementing this offense that we take our time. We don't rush anything. And right now, um, I'm like knee deep in what do we call this run? What do we call this package? Because some of the language that we use was specific to Seattle. Mm -hmm. The area, the sports teams, historic sports teams, uh, different packages. Sonics and stuff like that. Absolutely. We use use Griffey, we use Sonics, you know, we use use different terms that were Seattle-centric. And so that's been mostly what I've been concerned with right now. And then as we dive in, because again, a week on the job, a lot of administrative stuff. Mm. I really haven't had a chance to sit with the the carryover on our staff. Goody, Joe Gilbert, John Van Dam, Thad Lewis who's with the wide receivers, Tom Moore, you know, mm. uh, Chico, Mike Sherco, the assistant to the head coach. He was hung out with the offensive side. Um, I haven't had a chance to sit with them and really hear their full breakdown on each of our players. So I want to get to know our guys through them, through that lens. And I've, I've just been watching games right now just to get a feel. But yeah, so just kind of like that part is not slowing me down in the process. The, the, the part I'm just being really deliberate with is implementation and language um, so that we can be on the same page when we get back from the combine. And just in case it's not clear for the fans, uh, you weren't saying you haven't met with them or spent time with them. You're with them all the time. It's just yes. you haven't gone to that, yes. that level of uh, detail yet. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, ex- yeah. I'm excited to, to connect with the Bucks fans. I'm excited to uh, be a part of the, the weekly connections, you know, the things that will come up along, sure. along the offseason and in training camp, um, opportunities to connect. But I think that relationship happens inside out, and that's, you know, here at the Combine, you know, stealing – 30 minutes with John Van Dam yesterday on a walk, you know, stealing, you know, some valuable time with Goody and Joe waiting for interviews, you know, with Skip Pete, even just doing doing the combine sure. interviews. All of those little windows to me are so important as they get to know who I am and also as I get to know their style and how they relate, you know, those are really important. Uh, quarterbacks, you know, obviously fans are obsessed with quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're obsessed with quarterbacks right now. Yes. And- uh, Coach Bowles uh, sat down with us uh, the other day and you know said that you're a big part with Tom Moore of evaluating all the quarterbacks out there. Yeah. Because uh, Coach Bowles says he wants to bring in a couple of veterans is his yeah. goal. Um, when you look at those quarterbacks, is personality a big deal for you? The the blend of personalities and you know because a lot of times you could bring a, bring in a guy who yeah. you know, maybe is too alpha when you're trying to you know yeah. work with a younger quarterback. Does that how much does that matter? Doesn't. You, you look for the fit. I don't want to say it doesn't matter. I think everything counts. And there's always an opportunity to gather information about a player. But first and foremost for quarterbacks is, does he throw it so they can catch it? That's it. That's, sure, sure. And, and as, long as, as long as you're not concerned with any off-the-field issues that might, um, that might not bode well for what 
we're trying to build as a team, an organization, you know, and, and something for the Bucks fans to be proud of. As long as there's nothing there, then then we just go right to the football. And is this person a worker? Can he throw the ball so they can catch it, you know, and, and operate as a point guard? So Cool. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Last one I had, Dave, John Harbaugh, I talked to him this week, asked him about you. Oh, great. And he said that um, your quarterback ability, I don't have the exact quote, but the end of the exact quote was, off the charts as far as working with quarterbacks. That's how he described you. Pete Carroll, of course, uh, painted you as a quarterback guru this week as well. My question for you is, you know, you didn't play quarterback, and yeah. how did you become an off-the-charts to John Harbaugh quarterback guru yeah. guy? How did that evolve for you? Yeah, so played one year of quarterback okay. in high school. All right. Okay. That was it. Um, and I was, a, I was a free safety receiver, but I was very cerebral always. And when I started playing Pop Warner Ball, my best friend's dad was our coach. He was amazing. And he's really part of my love for the game. And so that's how it started to grow. And the quarterback position just became really attractive to me because of all the things you had to handle. So my first year coaching, when I got back in, I was a head coach for a JV team. I was going to coach the quarterbacks, be the offensive coordinator. So I really just started picking up books going to clinics. Um, Steve Clarkson was a guy who was training quarterbacks in the Southern California area. Uh, Bob Johnson was another guy. So any content I could grab, any clinic I could be at, um, I started to uh, volunteer at the Clarkson uh, quarterback camps. And then I was later hired to do some temporary work. So I really learned how to build a throwing motion from the ground up. Biomechanics has always been really fascinating to nice. me so nice. um there's there's a lot relatable with the quarterback uh biomechanical movements to swinging a bat it's way more like hitting than it is like pitching so there was big baseball background my brother also you know was an all-american at ucla so a lot of those little technical things i already had an, i already had infrastructure in my brain to just make batting become quarterback play and putting the footwork to it and all that so then my curiosity just kind of took over and learned really took off when I went to the junior college, El Camino College. John Featherstone is just, Don Coriel, I don't know if you guys know that name, sure. but oh, San yeah. Diego State. You know, I, I watched him when he was with the Cardinals. There you go. So so John played for him and then was a GA oh, for wow. him at San Diego State. So that tree of spread passing game was like before it's time. So getting to learn from John, who had been at El Camino for you know 28 years when I got there, it really accelerated my learning curve. And then spending three years with him in that system, Steve Sarkeesian, all those guys, those all the conversations that we were having. Sure. Really like my I was ready and hungry for that. Um, and that's where it took off. And then and then the SC got to work with Jeremy Bates, who was fantastic with quarterbacks. Tater, Carl Smith, who you guys and Bucks fans will hear me quote a lot. <laughs> he really taught me how to manage the game, taught Russell how to manage and win games. Um, and really helped him with the basic fundamentals of it. Brian Sh and then uh, Daryl Bevel, you know, at the same time with his quarterback background, being with Favre, Tavares Jackson, Brian Schottenheimer comes in and just like had this amazing QB school and the way that he took it from the very first step away from center and built the whole progression of it. I just was like in, just in awe of that process and really took all that in. And then systematically what Shane brought from L.A. I mean, just so that's kind of been my growth curve with it, you know, 
And I think really it's curiosity just took me over. And when I got into the league, studying Drew, studying Tom, you know, um, and looking across Aaron Rodgers, all these guys, Philip Rivers, um, and just being a student of the game has really helped me develop. Now, thanks for laying it all out like that. That's fascinating. You're, you're sort of like way down the Don Coriel tree, which is yeah. kind of cool <laughs> yes, with absolutely. him going into the Hall of Fame now as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I just think it's extraordinary to to have elite coaches calling you off the charts with quarterbacks yeah, uh, off two interviews. It. You know, it's just really, really cool. Um, and, and again, thanks for doing this. Yes. Yeah, I, I know your it. coffee's done, so that's a signal. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah. Greg Cosell, I don't know if you're familiar with Greg Cosell. Yes. Okay. When he talks about quarterbacks, his emphasis, and he's very rigid about this, an athletic quarterback is great. If you want to get out of the pocket, great. That's all fine and dandy. He said, if quarterback cannot deliver the ball on time, accurately, and read defenses, nothing else matters. He's got to be accurate. Can a quarterback be taught accuracy on the NFL level? Uh, Taught? No. Practiced? Yes. I watched uh, Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. become more accurate every year. I watched him do it, you know, and he's got great protection and all that, but he did it, you know. I watched Russell do it. You know, Russell came in and really struggled throwing deep balls, you know, outside the numbers. People would say that's probably the best thing he does. So it was him, you know, it was his, his ability to see a weakness and to attack it until it became a strength, and people would say he's one of the best deep ball passers of course, in sure. football. You know, well, imagine that that was one of the initial things that, you know, Tater was working on with him when he came in to Seattle. And so I really do think that guys become more accurate, but that's a great starting point. <laughs> one of the most attractive things about Sam Howell last year, as I did the evaluation, is he was the most accurate quarterback of the class. He would throw guys open. They didn't have to break stride. He had just a knack. Wow. And it's like right at the end of the throw, and they do something with their wrist to correct it, to just put it in the exact spot, not just kind of in the vicinity. You know, because there are a lot of vicinity passers, is is what I call them. He's a vicinity passer, you know, and Mm -hmm. and where I think that guys separate themselves with accuracy. I think of guys like Chase Daniel being able to play as long as he has. Accuracy. Case Keenum. Accuracy. You know, on and on and on. The guys who are able to play 10 years plus mm-hmm. are the accurate passers who can throw on time, mm-hmm. right? Decision, timing, and accuracy, that's the way we say it. Tater would always say, on time and on the money. That's it. <laughs> on time and on the money. Now, yeah. i gotta, I got to follow up with you. You said taunt accuracy, no. Practice, yes. Yes. What's the difference? Uh, deliberate practice. So Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000-hour 10, rule, you know, kind of as a baseline, sure. you know, through his uh, – through his study of what it takes to really become an expert at something, you know, it's the it's the player, which sounds like what Kyle Trask is. I haven't been around him, but but what um, Jason and Todd have told me about his work ethic and hunger to like improve, <laughs> working on his own at times. It's the lonely dark hours. It's the lonely work that really creates that improvement. It's working on your weaknesses till their strengths, your strengths till their second nature. That type of attitude and approach. I've been around it, Russell, Gino, I've been around it, and I know what it looks like, and that's, that's where guys really can improve on any part of their game. Great way to look at life as well. Right. You know, we can all improve. Coach, uh, appreciate it so much taking the time for the Ira Kaufman podcast. Unfortunately, Ira's not here, but he had a family situation. But next time, next time, and uh, have a great combine week. It's almost wrapped up, but you got a lot of players to see. 
Thanks, and thanks for allowing me access to Bucks fans and being able to, can't, can't wait to uh, interact in person at some point. Cool. They'll love to hear that. All right, thanks, Coach. Great stuff there from Coach Canales. Uh, we're really looking forward to the next podcast. We'll give Ira and everyone a, a little bit more background on on the interview and some other things we talked about, You know, sort of bring you inside a little bit with that with Ira. He's already heard the audio, Sage. You know, really looking forward to breaking that down and weaving it into some of the cool things that have been going on with the Bucks and the the changes that are imminent and some comments that have been happening. Free agency dinner bell rings on Monday noon. That's officially when teams can start talking to any pending free agent and start negotiating. By Monday afternoon, there'll be some deals announced by the Adam Schefters of the world, and then it's a free-for-all. Everything can be made official on Wednesday, and then you know players can start... Uh, traveling if they want to make visits and all that kind of stuff so exciting times ahead Derek Carr's with the Saints lots to talk about with that Florida's elite restoration.com that's where you go when you have a disaster in your home Florida's elite restoration call them 24 7 don't hesitate Florida's elite restoration.com Bill Curry Ford thank you they present all of Ira's work at joebucksfan.com Bill Curry Ford a Tampa tradition just like Ira BillCurryFord.com. That's the family name. C-U-R-R-I-E. BillCurryFord.com. And uh, make it a Big Storm beer this weekend. So many of you drink beer out there, and Big Storm is locally brewed. Finest quality. They're Bromosa, the Tangerine IPA. It's an award winner. It's their top seller. It's in Publix and so many other stores. And they have so many other great beers. Find them all at BigStormBrewery.com. Look at their menus. BigStormBrewery.com. Com. All right, Ira Kaufman podcast is in the books. Thank you, Dave Canales, and we will talk to you later this week as free agency approaches.